reading, but it's worth it. Let's stand together as we read from God's word. Today we're talking about keeping your word. How the Christian should keep their word. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel. And lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know um, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the Jordan, to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here. And hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will um, without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. I love that part. Literally, it is showing that God is going ahead of the people. He says, now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off um, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. And that the waters which came down from upstream stood still. Is that not amazing? Just as it did when they crossed the Red Sea, here we have these waters are standing still and growing taller. So they rose in a heap very far away in, at Adam and in, in the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you um, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, 
Why do these stones, or what do these stones mean to you? And you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the, of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. The children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the, where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there to this day. This is, again, the writing They remember this. This is important to them. Now listen to what happened. So the priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua and the people hurried across and crossed over. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people and the men of Reuben, the men of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war, crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. Father, we thank you that you give us a picture of a great thing that happened. Lord, we believe that this actually took place. We believe the Bible to be true. Maybe that separates us from a lot of so-called Christian churches that we actually believe this to be true. But God, we do. And what is amazing is here at the end when we see this particular group of men who gather up for war. What they were doing, God, they were putting themselves in harm's way. But ultimately what they were doing, they were keeping their word. Lord God, may we remember as Christians the one thing we have that the world must know we will keep is our word. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. So we read a lot. I know that. But it's important that we get the whole picture of what is happening. And then there at the end is where I really want to spend the most of this service, uh, the rest of this service is looking at this group that went ahead. It says in verse 12, And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh, crossed over, armed before the children of Israel, as Moses had spoken to them. When they were getting ready to take over and head over into the promised land, this particular group of people we're talking about, they had gone to Moses and said, Look, here's the thing. We love that this is perfect for us. This land that we're at right here, we don't need to cross over. This is exactly what our people need it has everything that is herdsmen and is camel this is what we need this is the place that we need to stay and and Moses of course got a little irritated because he didn't let them finish and Moses basically tells him look you can have this but you've got to be the ones that'll put yourself in danger if you're going to be stubborn and not go across well the people were more than willing to do that because they had found their dwelling place they had found it this is where they wanted to be and and so they agreed, listen, we will go. When, they, when you guys cross over into the, into the promised land and we got to cross the Jordan, you need to understand we will be the first ones there. We're going to go ahead. We will fight the battle. We will be the ones because we've already found our place. 
And when we're fighting the battles, everybody else can be figuring out what exactly they need to do. And so we find here in this chapter that these men, it has been quite some time since they made this promise. How many of you have ever made a promise and you remembered it years after you made the promise and you hadn't fulfilled the promise yet? You made a commitment and you didn't quite finish the commitment. You hadn't quite done it. Well, here is time for them to pay up. It is time for them to get there and to do what they're supposed to do. And let me tell you something. You have to understand that your word as a Christian is what must be kept. Because once we break our word to the world, they will no longer want to hear the message of Christ that we have to share. The importance of keeping your word. And this is what is happening here In Joshua chapter 4, these men have come up for battle. They have said, listen, just as as we had told Moses, we're going to do it. They're now the first in line. They're the first ones to take the risk. They're the first ones to take casualty if this is going to happen. They did this because they had given their word. What I find as a pastor of, of a church is oftentimes people will give their word and then they will back out. Time after time, they'll make a commitment to a committee at a church. They'll make a commitment to a particular group of people. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. How many times, you guys understand this, especially um, Doug and, and, and Robert understand this. You'll start a class, and people are committed to this class. We're going to be there. This is part of who we are. We love this idea. We're going to make a commitment. And, and the teacher always talks about the commitment that's, the, that's the, the, the first lesson has to be about commitment to the class. And everybody's like, yep, I'll be committed. And then after about the third or fourth or sometimes even after the first, the commitment of those that gave their word has already fallen off. And if we do that to one another in the church and it leaves a bad taste in Christian mouths, How much worse of a taste would it be for the world to see a church who can't keep her word? It wouldn't look good, would it? Like a lot of the reason that people don't look at the church anymore as a a place of stability is because the church has not kept her word. We no longer stand on the word of God. And we, we told God, whenever we follow you, we'll do whatever you call us to do. We'll trust your word. Well, now instead of trusting God's word, we're changing God's word. And the world recognizes this. The world sees this. The world sees that very few preachers preach and keep their word, that they'll preach biblically. They'll preach exactly as the text says it. And the world recognizes this. And so the church has lost credibility because she no longer keeps her word by keeping the word of God. Anybody in here ever started a diet? Love those diets, right? Man. We're going to keep it. I'm going to stay true to my diet. Um, My famous line in our house is every Monday morning, actually every Sunday night, what is my my famous line is this, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow. And Monday morning, I get up with all good intentions. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep it. And I get up and I I start frying my bacon because bacon's not bad for you, right? Somebody say amen about bacon. Come on, y'all know y'all like y'all some bacon, right? And I figure, you know, bacon, it just kind of goes in, and there's nothing there that that, that just, it's just beautiful. It's this beautiful taste in your mouth, and it's wonderful. And then it's followed by some eggs that are awesome. And I'm not going to have any bread. 
And then all of a sudden, I look in there, and there's this like a little can of Grand's biscuits. I'm looking at those Grand's, and I'm just like, you know, they look lonely, right? They look lonesome. And, and they would love to be able to mingle with this egg and this bacon. And who am I to tell them no? And then what, what do I say by the end of my meal? There's always next Monday. We can't even keep our word to ourselves. And we make promises to people that we can't keep. We've made promises to God that we don't keep. And we wonder why the world doesn't trust the church anymore. It's because we don't know how to keep our own word. John F. Kennedy said, I would rather be accused of breaking precedents than breaking promises. He understood the value of keeping his word. He understood that when you speak, you need to keep what you're going to say. You need to do it. You need to obey your own words. Zig Ziglar says, among the things you can give and still keep are your word, a smile, and a grateful heart. Your word. Kiddos, listen to me. This is important. I want all you kiddos to listen. Yeah, I know you are excited. When you look at your parents and you tell them, I promise, if you'll just get me this, I promise you I will do this, 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 and this. Right? I remember my daughter calls me. She's in up north in Canton, not Ohio the world's largest garage sale there in Canton, Texas. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I've never been. I didn't lose anything there, but for some reason she thinks that's the place. She calls me. I think, I don't remember how old she is, maybe 13. Dad, I know I already have a puppy. But, Dad, there's this puppy here, and it's the greatest puppy ever. And, Dad, I promise that if you'll let me get this puppy, I'll take care of it, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll get this done, and I'll get that done. And, Dad, I promise you I'll do all the things that that I have to do to keep this puppy. And, you know, as a father, I'm sitting there thinking, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, okay. But I think it was around her birthday, and so Dad did what normal dads do, and he just kind of went, mm, okay. She brought this dog home. The dog's still at my house. That was her gift, right, for her birthday. Where, where should that dog? I, I tell Sean all, this, all the time, Sean, these are y'all's dogs. These are y'all's puppies. The words that we say, I promise I'll do this, I'll do that. We don't keep our word. I remember many times I told my parents, I promise you <clears throat> I will not get another ticket. <clears throat> I promise you I won't speed. Then I'd be without a car for about a month because I couldn't keep my word. And even my own parents learned not to trust me because I couldn't keep my word. Folks, there's a point where we have to understand that your word, that's really all you have at the end of the day. And if the world can't trust you to keep what you say as a believer, why would they trust your message of Jesus Christ? These men, as they cross over, they understand 
They're keeping their word for the benefit of their family. Even if they have to die in battle, at least they have done the right thing at the end of the day. And they're going to they're gonna go across in battle formation. Uh, their families are going to be there waiting for them to come back if they even make it. But the most important thing is, even if I have to harm myself, I will keep my word. My dad taught me some things as, as a young man. There are a lot of things I learned from my father. One of those is that you keep your word even if it hurts. You keep your word even if it hurts. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. It doesn't matter how much heartache it gives you. If you give someone your word you're going to do something, you better make sure you do it because your word at the end of the day is, again, all you have that the world recognizes. And if you can't keep your word, then you have messed up greatly. This is important. These are things that we have to understand that as men, as women of the church, we are responsible for keeping our word. How many of you have made that promise to God knowing good and well that you were not going to keep it? Lord, I promise you if you'll bless me today with X, Y, and Z, I will tithe. I will give you everything. And then 30 minutes later, we're trying to back out. Of all those promised. Well, I really can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do this. If I, if I give God this, then I can't do that. And we start backing out of our word. Lord, if you'll just heal so-and-so. God, I promise I'll, I'll never miss another day of church. I, I, I'll serve on whatever committees. I, I'll read my Bible daily. God, I, I, if you'll just do this. And we make these promises to God and then we don't keep them. And then we wonder why our lives are such a mess. There are many in this church right here at Pine Island that I love dearly. But I have watched them, such as myself, I have also messed up my word when it comes to things I've told God I would do. These last few days I've been away. A lot of you didn't know that. I went away for a few days and got a chance to go out and just literally be by myself. Nobody else around. And I just sat and I began to study and listen to some good sermons. And what God was dealing with my heart about was, Tom, think about all the things that you have not followed through on. Think about all the things that you have not followed through on. You're the pastor of the church. You are the one that should set the ultimate example, and yet you yourself have not followed through on some things. And God is dealing with my heart. And now I've got to go back and make right some things that I didn't follow up, didn't follow through on. I've got to go back to people and apologize because their pastor did not keep his word. Our word is all we have. You want people to listen to you? You want people to pay attention? You've got to keep your word. Listen to what this, we don't know who said this, but this is kind of the unknown. But it says, keep your commitments even when you don't want to. Nothing is more important than keeping your word. I've met many a person that overcommits. They overcommit. They, they guarantee things that they really know they can't come through on. The Bible speaks about this. Listen to what Deuteronomy says. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it. 
What does that say whenever you make a promise to God? What do you have to do? I'm asking. What do you got to do? You got to do it. You got to do it in a timely manner. You got to do it. Go. You got to get up and go. How many of you have told God, Lord, if you'll just do this, 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 I promise you, I will do these things. And God's still waiting. He did his part, but he's still waiting on us to finish ours. Somebody recently asked me why we did a lot of things in the community. Don't you understand, Brother Tom? You're asking us to stretch. You're asking us to do a lot, and, and, and there's a lot of things we're trying to do. Folks, we're the church. We're the people that should be overcommitted. We're the people that should be stretched. We're the people that should be doing things in the community. And if one thing is important that Pine Island does, we should be able to keep our word to the community that we serve. And if we commit to something, we finish it. We follow it through. We try to do our best to make sure that the community understands Pine Island has kept its word because the church is only as good as her word. We make a commitment to the Lord. We made a commitment to do the things the Bible says. It amazes me how many churches forget to mention when you become a Christian, you are committing to God and his word. A lot of churches just, just come on. You just need to repent, get baptized. Everything else will be all right. No, no, no. You need to come. You need to understand why you're coming. You need to understand that you are following the most high God, the one true God, and you're, you are also devoted to his word. I'm going to tell you, this last, I'm going to go ahead and go there. It'll be okay. I'll have people not like me, but it's okay. This last couple of weeks has proven that there are a number of Christians who can't keep their word. Because there were people who were more concerned about things that had to do with how they felt than what's in Scripture. A Christian should protect the life of the unborn. Amen? A Christian should not be voting according to how they feel but according to what Scripture has dictated that they vote, demanded that they vote. But instead, well, you don't understand. We had a lunatic up there dividing the country. Let me tell you something, folks. I didn't vote for a man. I voted for a principle. I voted for the life of the unborn. I voted for the the rights of the churches that we are about to lose. You marvel all of those preachers and all of those Christians who said, we're doing the right thing. You just wait and see. Because as soon as the left gets a hold of all this stuff, you and I as Christians are about to lose a lot of things that we've had the privilege to be able to do in the last four years. And folks are telling me, you just don't understand what was happening in our country. No, no. What's happening in our country is that the church has left God. We no longer keep the word of God. And that's one of the things as a Christian, you promise, you give your word, I will defend the word of God. I had a preacher post something out on Facebook about how abortion's not that big of a deal. It's not the only sin. Oh, my gracious. That's a pastor who needs to excuse himself from the pulpit. It amazes me. God will keep your word unless, unless it's hard. Lord will keep your word unless it doesn't benefit me. says, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it will be sin to you. When you give God your word, God's going to require it of you. Did you catch that part? 
So how many of you have given your word to God and you didn't keep it? Guess what? He's still waiting on you to finish it. You don't get to take the word back. You don't get to decommit. You don't get to uncommit, whatever. You don't get, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to commit any longer. No, no, no. God says, surely I require this of you. And if you don't do it, guess what it is? What does it say it is? It's sin. Proverbs 20, 25 says, It is a snare for a man to devote rashly something as holy and afterward to reconsider his vows. I'm going to commit to God. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to commit to Sunday school. I'm going to commit to a class. I'm going to commit to, to reading God's word every day. Those are things that are, I'm going, to, I'm going to consider those things holy. And then afterward, well, you know, I really, I, I shouldn't have done that so quickly. I should have thought about this a little bit more too late. You've already made the vow. You've already given your word. You were going to do X, Y, and Z. You got to keep it. You got to keep it. Right now, this pandemic has given so many people an excuse not to be faithful to the church, not to be faithful to God, not to be faithful to giving, not to be faithful to a lot of things. And what we're seeing is people are forgetting that they have given their word to God. And now they've snared themselves by not being faithful. Listen to this one, Ecclesiastes 5, 5. It says, better not to vow than to vow and not pay. This is the Bible telling you this. It's better to just keep your mouth shut, not make a commitment, than to make a commitment and not pay. What happens at your job? Let me ask you this. If, if you show up to your, to your work, that you go every day and you tell them, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then you don't do it, what are they going to do? You're going to be gone, right? You will be fired. And they will not feel bad because they're going to look at you as someone who did what? You lied to them, right? You lied. That's literally what not keeping your word means is that you have lied to your employer. We need to think before we make commitments. We have to really focus. My wife tells me oftentimes, she said, honey, did you think about that before you said that? How many of you in here wind up opening your mouth before you let your brain engage? Anybody? Yeah, good. Thank you all. Thank you all. That's good. We do the same thing on commitments. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll do that. One thing I've had to learn during COVID, and it stinks. People are hurting, and I can't even show up. I can't even show up. For a pastor, that breaks their heart. I I feel, uh, this is horrible, but you feel worthless. And I'm not saying that for y'all to come up to me and go, oh, we love you, bro, Tom. It has nothing to do with it. I know you love me. I'm not asking for that. I'm telling you, you literally feel worthless. You feel feel like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? We try to call our older people. We try to make sure everybody gets a call once a month. You don't feel like you're doing a lot when you just pick up the phone and call them, folks. Some of you younger people go, they don't call me. I said older, okay? Older. We got to check on our older people. We love our older folks. Love y'all too, but y'all are here. Our older folks are scared, and I don't blame them for being scared. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Learn to think before you commit to something. 
And by the way, if you commit to something, can I say this? If, if, if the church does something, they ought to do their absolute best. Amen? If, if a church does something and it's half-hearted done, what's the point? It makes everything look bad. If we're going to do something, let's do it right. Let, let's make sure that, that if we're going to be a part of something, that we do the best. One thing I've always been thankful for, very thankful for, is that when we show up and do things with other churches, you would be shocked. Most pastors come to me and say, man, your church showed up. I just sit back, I'm like, I know I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how blessed I am. Because you people amaze me. When we do things, we do it right. This year, no Thanksgiving feast. Don't we do Thanksgiving feasts really good around here? Man, I love those things. I enjoy them. They're so much fun. And then this year, we've got to cancel this thing. Our Christmas, I love to just sit and watch you people try to figure out which way left and right is and do all those different things. But we do those things because we love to do them. We do them well. When we work in the community, when our youth were going out and doing the things they were at the pregnancy center and at warm. I would get phone calls from these people. And they would say, listen, your kids are welcome here anytime. We've, we've never had a group that was willing to do the things that they were willing to do. That's a blessing to the pastor to hear that. If we're going to do something, let's do it well. Let's make sure that it gets done right. When you make a commitment, follow through and follow through with your absolute best. Even if it hurts. These men knew that they could be killed, but they had made a commitment. Well, church, it's time for you and I to do something. We're living in time where keeping God's word doesn't mean what it used to mean. We are listening to Satan. Is that really what the Bible says? Is that really what it says? Now, by this, we know, 1 John 2, now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. You say, what does that got to do with keeping my word? Folks, when you became a Christian, you gave God your word that you would do what? You would keep his commandments. So now by this, we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Folks, we're going to be challenged on what real marriage is. We're going to be challenged on how many different let me change that we're going to be challenged there's more than just male and female there's only two folks male and female we're going to be challenged on that there's only boys and girls that's it but the world is going to challenge you on that as a believer there's only one race the human race But the world keeps telling us, well, there's really all these different races. Really? If I were to cut you, whether you have more melanin than I do or less melanin than I do, if I were to cut you, what color do you bleed? You still bleed red, correct? And the Bible says that out of that one blood, God created all. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar And the truth is what? Not in him. 
Let me ask you this question. Are you following the word that you gave God you would keep? Are you keeping his commandments? Because if not, the truth is not in you. Now let's keep reading here. But whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Let me explain to you this way. As a Christian, you will be challenged to keep God's word even if it hurts. Even if it's not comfortable. Even if it's not what the world accepts. Churches are so proud of themselves because they've made a difference. Really? What kind of difference did we make when we didn't vote to protect the womb? What kind of difference did we make when we voted to take a child on the day of its birth and end its life? That's what people voted for. Well, I voted for other things. I voted biblically. And we're living in a time where the church no longer wants the truth. We want to change the truth to fit who we are. Church, you better learn to keep the words of God. And we better learn, including this pastor, that when we give our word, we follow through. Even if it hurts. I want us to think today. Ask God to show us. Where have I broken my word? And who do I need to go back and apologize to? And how do I make right what I have broken? Because, folks, we need our word to be good so that people will listen to the greatest message ever told. Otherwise, why would they want to listen? They can't even trust the church. God, forgive us. Let's stand together. Father, we ask that uh, just as those men put themselves in harm's way to do what was right, Lord God, may we be willing to keep your word and keep our word to keep your word, God, the the commitment that we've made to, to you. May we keep it even if it hurts. God, we are desperate, desperate for you and desperate for your truth. Lord God, today, we just pray for a miracle in the life of our church, in the life of those who are sick. God, that we would be shown today what we need to be making right with others. The words that we've broken, God, may we make them right. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.